I think the best part about being this age is the ability to embrace that saying F you to people, programs and situations that no longer serve you is A-okay. No more guilt around the shoulds or the buts, simply, you know what? This doesn't feel good, nor does it work for me. And because of that, I'm choosing to eliminate it from my existence. Welcome to The Power of the Pivot, a podcast giving you daily marketing tips and strategies from both myself and scrappy entrepreneurs who have all learned by doing. I'm Susan Salzman, your host, and the truth is building the life and business you want, desire, and deserve in your 50s doesn't have to suck. In these episodes, I will teach you the tips and tricks to managing and maintaining a life and a career you not only adore, but you're proud of. Nothing is off limits here. We talk about loss of identity and how that mentally and physically impacts us, how to relaunch after heartache and menopause, hardship, money, and what it takes to reinvent, reframe, and reimagine a life that once was. I always say the goal is in the vision, the system is in the roadmap, and without your systems in place, it's easy to get stuck, overwhelmed, and paralyzed. And because I don't want that for you, both myself and my guests are sharing personal stories, past failures, and present wisdom in order to amplify the conversation, inspire action, and move the needle. So get ready to dive in. I'm glad you're here. Let's get into it. And welcome back to this week's episode of the Power of the Pivot podcast. Today's short episode of Get Your Shit Together is intended to give you actionable tips and intel in 15 minutes or less so that you can possibly grab a takeaway and then apply it to both your life and your business. Today's episode is a pivot from the original intention and script that I had planned for today's message. I was going to talk about how obnoxiously curious I am and share with you a list of resources that support and inspire me as I continue to learn and grow. But as I was putting the final touches on that episode, I received a text from a friend, one whom I met about 30 years ago through my former business, Little Folk Art, and she shared with me that her 29-year-old son was recently diagnosed with pancreatic and liver cancer. The day prior, I attended my 97 and a half year old uncle's funeral. So the ideas of mortality, death and illness were all top of mind. Being hit with this news caused me to take a pause and a pretty big pause. So much so that I couldn't finish that episode and needed to write something different. And as I started to think about all my friends who have survived cancer, but more importantly, the few in my sphere that are currently battling terminal cancer, Witnessing them trying this cocktail and that protocol, as well as watching them shift from the person they once were to who they've become, is hard to digest. And then I say to myself, why? Why so much cancer and illness and loss and devastation? You may already know this, but I battled cancer three times, and I consider myself one of the lucky ones. But every 120 days, when I go in for that routine MRI, The anxiety leading up to it is noticeable. Immediately after the scan, I ride the elevator up to the sixth floor of the pavilion building at Cedar sinai Neurology reads loud and clear as I exit the elevator. And within minutes, I'm ushered into one of the exam rooms to sit and wait for my turn to receive the news. 
not really sure if I'm breathing in those moments in between the waiting and the sound of my doctor's hand on the doorknob. But before he even washes his hands, he shares the outcome. And thus far, since my brain surgery in November 2021, that news has been pretty good. But because that particular tumor metastasized from my original cancer, I'm really never ever entirely safe from the what ifs. And as my oncologist, whom I call my CEO of my health, always reminds me that my original cancer has no rules. This is why I'm always on high alert. And because of that, I'm trying, although challenging on most days, to be in the moment. So as my friend and I were texting for a good 45 minutes, my thoughts were more about this epidemic and my uncle's funeral than it was about some of the resources I was looking forward to sharing with you. And as I continued to question so much of this, I thought about something Stephanie had said in last week's podcast episode about losing her mother 25 years ago. She was reflecting on this age and stage in her life, which is mid fifties, like most of us. And because she is at the age that her mom was when she lost her life, she said to herself, quote, wow, when my mom died, I thought she was kind of old. Now I realize at this age, what else was out there for her that she woulda, coulda done with the rest of those years, unquote. Big question, and one I think we ponder a lot. And ponder is where most of us stay. It's almost as if dreaming is taboo and not allowed, like asking for the big pie-in-the-sky dream is narcissistic or selfish. Maybe it's a cultural thing and something that needs to change in a very big way. So my question to you is, Do you really want to wait around for something tragic to happen before you take your fantasies or your dreams and make them into a reality? And you might be guilty of saying stuff like, what if, or if I could turn back the clock, or I wonder what it would be like to dot, dot, dot. I know after growing three tumors in my body, I decided last year that I was not going to allow my body to grow any more toxic things inside of me. And when I was texting with my friend, I asked her if I could send her anything because even though she's vegan, she loves my treats. And she said, no, she can't even eat right now. Already being a tiny little thing, I encouraged her to eat and stay strong for her family, her son, her daughter-in-law and her two-year-old grandson, as well as the rest of her family. And then asked her what she was doing for herself to take care of her heart, her head and her body. Again, this episode is a pivot from the originally scheduled content, but today I want to talk a little bit about self-care and ritual, because as women in our 50s and 60s, we always tend to put ourselves last, and it's easy to not do the thing that we say we want to do. Coupled with the news and the current state of affairs, plus the barrage of noise, negative narratives, both on the internet and television, it's hard to feel hopeful when everything around you is feeling quite the opposite. So as my text conversation ended with my friend that morning, I made a vow to myself to stop making excuses. I have a few morning rituals that I practice without fail. However, I have struggled to get back into a committed exercise routine since all of my health stuff. But that's about to change. And now I find myself in a position of utter positivity, of which has been impacted by my ability to dream way beyond what I could have ever imagined for myself. I'm now convinced more than ever before that when you put your mind and your heart into something, it will show up in the most fabulous and beautiful way. Although I already have a few morning rituals that I do without fail, there are a few more that I have been wanting to add and for some reason have not had the encouragement nor the motivation to do so. Well, 
That motivation has arrived in the form of a text from my friend. But for now, I'm going to share with you a few things I'm currently doing to help me not obsess about the news, my health, my loved one's health, and instead focus on the smaller, more positive things. Because when I do this, my day ahead is always a little bit brighter and definitely better. So here we go. Number one, I breathe for about 10 to 15 minutes before getting up and out of bed. I call it meditation, but what it really is, is trying to be fully aware of the movement of my breath, the inhale and the exhale. And if you practice some sort of meditation, you know how difficult this is. Trying to tune out the thoughts is a muscle that needs to be exercised each and every day. And the more you do this, the stronger and more focused you get. Before I open my eyes from that breathing exercise in that space, I then visualize what I want my day ahead to look and feel like. Number two, I drink two to three glasses of water simply to start my day hydrated from a long night's sleep. Number three, whether it's for five minutes or 60 minutes, I walk outside. I try to go down to the beach several mornings a week and I try to commit to an hour. And generally, I'll listen to whatever book I'm listening to on my Libby app. And if you don't know what Libby is, it's a fabulous free app if you have a library card or a podcast or some days at 6 a.m. I might just need a little Bill Withers, Stevie Wonder, Steely Dan, Al Green, or some other of my favorites blasting in my ear. Number four, I surround myself with people that inspire me friends, colleagues, and clients remind me that when I connect and align myself with humans that are heart-centered and soul-driven, it's simply a reminder that like attracts like, and they are sharing their space with me, then I must be a little bit like them. Number five, I'm working on this one, but I'm trying to unleash the guilt around eliminating people in my life who I deem as toxic or not heart-centered. Time is so unpredictable. Because of that, at 62, I'm learning to be the architect of my calendar. Everything in those spaces are either there because I made a choice to put them there or because I want them there. What are you doing each and every day to take care of yourself? Maybe it's a big sweaty workout or a dance class or simply sitting at the top of the bluffs watching the waves crash below you. I think the best part about being this age is the ability to embrace that saying F you to people, programs, and situations that no longer serve you is A-OK. No more guilt around the shoulds or the buts. Simply, you know what? This doesn't feel good, nor does it work for me. And because of that, I'm choosing to eliminate it from my existence. Now, these decisions are most likely not rash ones. Because when I chose to just stay and accept and be, the stuff that affected me was cancered. That's how it showed up for me. Now, I can't speak for my friends who have been plagued with this piece of shit disease or my friend's fabulously young 29-year-old son, but I do feel the more we can all forgive ourselves a little bit and be a little bit kinder to ourselves, maybe we can all find a way to scare away the attackers that are within us. And back to dreaming for just a second or two. Not sure if you listened to episode 40, and if you haven't, you might want to. I talk about dreaming and planting your flag in the sand, and what I did to make some really amazing things happen this year. It's never too late, even at my age. I was able to manifest something that I thought only 30s and 40-year-olds could do. However, I did have a little help. My friend Nicole is an incredible, intuitive, healer, and wise old soul. 
On next week's episode, I sit down with her to talk about some of the stuff we did together. She's sharing in a way that might inspire you to do the same. And as always, I believe we all learn better together. And if you walk away with some little nugget that inspires action, then I've done my job. I'm here every Thursday. And next week, as I mentioned, my guest is Nicole Hogel, and you're not going to want to miss it. Hey, if you found value in this episode, I would love to hear from you. If you would leave a review where you're listening to this, I would be forever grateful. And if you don't want to miss the next episode, I suggest you download and subscribe to this channel. And as always, remember, building a business in your 50s doesn't have to suck. Have a wonderful day. See you next week. Same time, same place. I hope this episode inspired, encouraged, and challenged you to possibly take action, but also know that whatever you might be going through, you're never alone. There truly is no greater joy than connecting with others who may be dealing with some of the same challenges and obstacles as you are. And on the heels of that, what better way to celebrate some of your wins and achievements than with those who are walking right beside you? This podcast and the community that I've been building is all about that. Women supporting other women to do and be exactly who they were always meant to be. And in my opinion, there's no better experience than community. It builds connection, confidence, and most importantly, trust. If you're seeking community, connection, and rich conversations, just know that there's always an available seat for you at my table. Feel free to reach out. There's lots of ways for us to hang out together. For now, remember, the goal is in the vision. The system is in the roadmap. And as always, it would be hugely appreciated if you subscribed, shared, and downloaded this episode. See you next week. Same time, same place.